Everyone, welcome another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. Patrick, are you a UCLA fan today? You're wearing a Bruins sweatshirt. I opened up my closet to grab a jacket, and this was the jacket that I grabbed. Hey, that's fair. Yeah, this is just like the the luck of the draw today in the jacket world. Well, speaking of luck of the draw, what uh, scripture are we drawn from? (laughs) John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. John 3. 14 to 21. It has the most recognized, quoted, memorized Bible verse in it used. So this is going to be a good one. We're going to talk about everyone that listens to this. Well, maybe not everyone. I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to go on a limb and say, I think everyone that is going to listen to this has heard this Bible verse before. Okay. Not You're the whole probably, passage. I agree with you. Not the whole passage, just a verse. Okay, here we go. I'll read it. It says this, starting at verse 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That just felt epic. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't know what it was about the way you read it or the passage itself. It was just like resounding. It was not anything that I did. I, it was the passage itself. So I gotcha. mean, if I was trying to be read it in an epic way, I would have, I would have jazzed it up a little. Like, give me an example. How would you have jazzed it up? Well, I would like have maybe added some like reverb or added some deep voice changer or nice, added okay. like a big echo, echo. or an auto-tune. and all of that is going to happen in post. So (laughs) there we go. But this was just a normal reading and we're here to talk about it. And in my Bible, which is the digital Bible today, it's verses 14 and 15. Both are red letter, which means that Jesus is speaking. He is saying it. Yeah, he is saying it. So verse 14, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up. Yeah, and when you read this passage, it's funny to me because like for us today, you're like, oh yeah, of course Moses lifted up a snake in the wilderness. Uh, Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, of course. We read it today, we're like, wait, what? (laughs) Just (laughs) as Moses lifted up a snake in the wilderness? Like he, he did what now? Like where are we at here? Um, so 
there's some debate on this and I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. So in my Bible, there's a little S and you click on it. Well, I have a digital Bible. I can click on it and it'll take me to numbers chapter 21, verse eight, which I'm going to read. It says the Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake, put it on a pole. And then uh, when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. So what was happening is there's this plague that was happening with the people of Israel as they're traveling in the desert. And uh, God gave a way for people to live, to not die. This is like an example of God relenting. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, some of us, the debate that I'm referring to is uh, when you look at the, I forgot the name of it, but it's that medical symbol. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. And it's it's oh, like yeah. a pole with a snake wrapped around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you look at that and you're like, what is that about? And a lot of people are like, oh, that's about Moses holding up a snake in the desert. And it's like healthcare. Um, oh. But if you really look into that, like if you look deeper, kind of the modern thinking of it is it actually is, is more of a, I think a Greek thing. Um, but it's hard to not see the parallel between the idea of healthcare and, uh, you know, healthcare way back in Moses' time was making a bronze snake um, and having people look at it and they'd get better. That'd yeah. be kind of interesting if you got like a snake bite and like, you know what, you just got to go look at a bronze snake and you're healed. Like, okay, yeah. I could do that. Like, can you imagine? So there's like maybe only five of them in the world. So if you get bit, you got to like travel to one yeah. of the five or something. Yeah, that's it's funny. Hard. I brought up this question, Pat. Maybe you would be willing to answer it. Okay. Would you? All right. Would you get the vaccine for COVID if the only way to administer it would be a shot in the eyeball? Right in your eyeball, right? Shot in the eyeball. You couldn't blink. It had to be like in your pupil. And you had to administer it to yourself. <laughs> Would you still get the vaccine? Well, I would, <laughs> I would certainly try. <laughs> I would try to get it. Like, I don't know. I putting it. I, so I hear that. And I think of my friends who wear contact lenses, like contacts. Yes. They're always yes. out here poking their eye. And it's just like, they're like, Oh, time to put in the contact. Boop, touch the eye. Boop, and yeah. that's, I mean, my eye just started watering, even like pretending to Thinking do that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I would try. But I would probably be. I, I asked this. I asked this to a group of high school students, and they were like, "All of them were like, that's pretty gross, but we would still do it." Yeah, because they like really because they're like, "That's hard. That would be difficult. That would be hard to do, but we still would do it." <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about today, like eternal life, living forever. You know, what is so hard that we would uh, not want that? You know, if you could take a pill that would make you live forever, some people would say, "Well, yeah, I'd take that pill. That'd be great." Um, it doesn't matter how difficult it would be. And you look at the amount of things people do to try to live a little bit longer. Uh, they go to some pretty exhaustive, uh, have some pretty exhaustive procedures done, go on crazy diets. Yeah. Um, you know, we do a lot to try to keep people around a little bit longer. And Jesus here is talking about eternal life. So yeah. Um, verse 15 is a part of that verse 14, right? That everyone who believes may have eternal life. Right. In yeah. him. So he says the son of man has to be lifted up too. Now we look at that and we're thinking about what? Well, the cross, right? Obviously that's kind of the, what it's pointing to. It's pointing to Jesus having to be lifted up 
Um, and so for us, we look back at the Moses story and it's like, if we want to have this eternal life, if we want to be saved from the bite of sin, the bite of death, uh, and we want to live and have that taken away, uh, the only place we should be looking is to Jesus. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So famous verse, Pat, famous yeah. verse. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There we go. So what's the weirdest place you've seen that Bible verse? I oh, saw man. it today. I'm not kidding. I saw it on, really? I saw it somewhere today. Yeah. Out in the wild. Nope. Out in the wild. <laughs> Bible in the wild. I like that. Yeah. That could be like a new segment. I was on Bible my walk with my wild. dog. And uh-huh. there was a mobile car detailing van and across the bottom of the bumper on the front was this whole entire Bible verse. I'm not kidding. It was just like, like right on the bottom. Oh, like actually the whole verse was spelled out on there. Yeah. Across the whole bumper. Yeah. Nice. So um, I've seen it, you know, the bottom of the in and out cup, right? Oh yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. It, the cup, the regular like drink cup is John 3.16, I think. Yeah. The milkshake, I think, is Proverbs 3.5. I might be wrong on that. Um, maybe you guys can like, maybe. you know, let us know. Find a way to tell us so what the rap the wrapper is Nahum something. Oh, Nahum okay, all right. Six six eight or something. Six that's no, cool. Maybe not six. Micah six eight? Is it no. Micah six eight? It's Nahum, no. but at its yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we are getting so lost lost here. And we're talking about scripture in the wild. And uh, yeah. John 3.16 uh, is definitely on the bottom of the uh, drink cup at in and out yeah. And that's always kind of a little bonus. I always love people at big sporting events like football games who have the big sign and they just hold it up. There yeah. used to be a guy who would wear a rainbow-colored wig. And he would go to a bunch of football games and places and hold that sign up. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, that was his deal. It's like, Oh, there's the rainbow colored wig guy holding up the sign. So, um, <laughs> so that's cool. Wig. Right. Uh, yeah. but if you read it and you don't know what it means, it's kind of hard to like do anything with it. Right. Yeah. Or even if you intellectually read it and understand what it's saying, that's even another thing than accepting it, uh, in your heart. Yeah. So, and I would say it's also important for us to look at it in the context of the, of the passage, right? So let's jump in, right? Um, the first yeah. couple words of it, for God so loved the world. The world here is the word cosmos, um, yeah. which, which people have a lot of debate over like, well, does that mean everything in the world? Is it just people? Is it all the people inclusive in the world? Uh, what, what does that mean? What is he saying? Does it mean everyone? Um, I think, you know, when you, when you think about, uh, poetry or you think about, um, scripture, a lot of times we, they speak in what's called hyperbole, right? Which is like, uh, an example of hyperbole would be like, I love you to the moon and back. Well, you don't love someone to the moon and back cause you've never been to the moon, <laughs> but, um, you know, you're, you're kind of speaking over the top a little bit or, or when people say like, I'm going to give it a thousand percent. Well, you can't give a thousand percent. Right. Um, yeah. That's being hyperbolic. So in some ways, when we talk about God, so loving the world, 
we know from scripture that God does care about people so much and that right. all people, all people, doesn't matter your race, your uh, what religion you're even practicing at the time. Uh, it doesn't matter where you were born, where you were raised, uh, what your eye color is. Um, doesn't matter how much you've sinned. Doesn't matter. Uh, that doesn't matter. Um, God loves people. Yeah. And he invites them to look to Jesus to find life. Yeah. Uh, and so like and eternal life. Say, and eternal life. Yeah. Not just life for like five minutes and then like, oh, hey, you get a little second chance. Now you're gone. It's yeah. life forever. So the first part of this, right? God so loved the entire world. He loves everyone. How much that he gave his one and only son. Yeah. Big deal. It doesn't say he gave his least favorite kind of whiny son that no one likes. Uh, <laughs> he gave he gave the one the only one he had yeah god only has one son jesus was an only child um so so pat are you an only son in your I, family uh, yeah. yeah i am a only i am an only son i do have a a younger sister okay but yeah, I am but an you only are son. you are the only son. Um, yeah. Now, in in this era, that that's significant too. In this time, um, because um, when you talk about things like inheritance and things being passed down, a lot of times it would always go to the old, the eldest son. And so, yeah. there's this kind of idea of like lineage. The other thing that's about that's interesting about the only son or the oldest son is in the Hebrew faith, the oldest son w- w- had to be given back to God as a gift. Whoa. Not like child sacrifice. That'd be creepy. Um, but uh, in, in fact, I think uh, as a part of it, like when Jesus was presented uh, at the temple, you're supposed to make a sacrifice or like give two, I think it was two doves or something like that. Um, to basically say like, you know, God has given us all these great things and we're going to give back to God the best of what we have. And the yeah. best of what you have is your firstborn. It's this son. Right. And so, right. um, Basically, when it's saying this is God's one, he's only got one son, it's his only son, and it's the best. So God is saying he gave the best of what he has yeah. Um, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have that eternal life. Yeah, yeah. At verse 17 kind of goes into, I mean, it uh, goes into like why. For God did yeah. not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Yeah. So this verse, I love this verse. Yeah. And I wish that verse was kind of included, you know, in right. the, in the memorize, everyone knows it. Everyone's heard it. I wish that one was also part of it also for part of it as well, but it's not, but God did send his like one son, his only son uh, to save the world through him. Yeah. And sometimes we think that like God and we think Jesus is like an angry dad um, <laughs> that's come that like comes home. And is like, what did you do? Like you've been yeah. sinning uh, time to, <laughs> you know, time to pay the piper. Like you messed up, you're in trouble, you know, watch out. And, and we think, and that's kind of that condemnation thing. Like we think God is up there, like just, you know, saying you people, like you screwed up, I'm going to get you. Um, and God is just, like we know that God is just, we know that God is going to make right the things that are wrong. And we know that when we sin, that that is wrong. Uh, and that we know that the wages of sin is death. And like, we know all that stuff, 
but the purpose and the mission of Jesus wasn't to show up in the world and point out everything wrong that everyone was doing. That wasn't his job. The ultimate job that he had was not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Right. Yeah. And that is such a beautiful thing because either one of those, like God could have said, Hey Jesus, I'm sending you to like take care of business and to condemn the world. And he would have been totally right in doing that, you know? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So Jesus is a example to us that God chose to save us rather than to condemn us. Yeah. Well, and even verse 18 kind of gives a shines a little light onto that as well. Whoever yeah, believes yeah. in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Yep. So, and this is a big deal too. Like uh, people talk about this a lot about like, well, what about other religions? What about people who are really good? What about people who do the right thing? Um, you know, but maybe they don't follow Christianity. Uh, what, what happens to them? Um, and like, I get that. Like, I understand that concept really well. And some of it for us to remember is like, it's not our job to, to decide who goes to heaven and who doesn't. That's God's job, not ours. Right. Yeah. Um, but when we look at scripture here and if people want to know, it says here, the condemnation, like verse eight, right? Whoever believes uh, in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe, like if someone doesn't believe in Jesus, because uh, John 14, six tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, not a way or the best way or the right. You know, he's like, he's the way, the exclusive way to God, the father. So whoever does not believe stands condemned. And it doesn't say they're condemned because they sinned a lot or because they didn't do enough good deeds. It says they're condemned because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Yeah. Yeah. So the lack of faith in Jesus is what condemns someone. Right. Yeah. I do like in verse 19, John goes, this is the verdict. Yeah, that's a great phrase. Here's the cut and dry. Here it is. (laughs) Light has come into the world. Can you incorporate that, Pat, into your normal talking when you're like talking with someone? Like you drive through the drive-thru and they're like, what can we get you? And you say, this is the verdict. Two chicken sandwiches and a large soda or something, whatever, right? Yeah. This is the verdict. I I think I need to start like working on that. And here's the verdict that John has though. Light has come into the world. Yippee. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Yikes. Mm. I can't, I mean, it's a little hard for me to wrap my head around people loving darkness. I mean, I I do enjoy nighttime. So, I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, if the sun is up or not, like the sun in the sky. But uh, people loved evil deeds they loved their evil deeds uh that's yeah. like and i wonder you know if those people didn't realize what they were doing was evil in that moment and that's why they're just living their lives or maybe consider we're considered to like them or love them but this is like a tough passage or a tough little like chunk of scripture for me because it's hard for me to really really like understand it yeah. Like, how do you understand this idea of light and darkness, good and evil? Right. There's a lot of this kind of binary, like one thing or the other. Um, and verse 20, I think kind of helps us out, right? Everyone who does evil hates the light 
and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. And this is so true. Like, man, um, when people, myself included, do something wrong, our first inclination is to hide, right? Yeah. We, we can take that. We can go all the way back to Adam and Eve. The first thing Adam and Adam and Eve were walking with God. Yeah. Like they knew God, like they were like walking in a garden, like, Hey, what's up, God? Thanks yeah, for making all this, you know, like, yeah. like they're just chilling with God and that's totally normal. And then as soon as they disobeyed God, they hide, like they ran and they hid. And right. God was like walking through the garden, like, Hey guys, where are you? And you know, he's yeah. like playing Marco Polo with them. Yeah. Um, and he's God, he knows where, where they are. And they're like, we hid cause we were naked. And he's like, who told you you were naked? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to know that you must have eaten that bad fruit. Um, but what, what's interesting is that when we do evil, one of our first inclinations is, is to hide it, not to flaunt it, not to show it off. Like, look what I did. Yeah. Um, it's to hide it. And so if you think, you know, just in like anyone's life, the things that we hide, the secrets that we keep are usually have something to do with hiding evil or trying to keep evil from, from being exposed. Yeah. Um, and so if you're hiding evil in your life and your life is just chock full of evil, you're not going to want any of your life to be exposed. You're going to become a more and more closed off person yeah. to other people, to goodness. And you know, I've seen this before too. Like I know this, this, uh, this Devo is for students and, and I've seen this happen a lot. And it's one, one of my biggest kind of bummers is, is kids might follow Jesus maybe in middle school and then they'll get into high school and maybe they'll make some, you know, mistakes. They'll do some things that are, you know, maybe not things that, that, uh, the Lord would like be super stoked about. Um, whether that's like, you know, partying or, uh, you know, just behaviors that, uh, are things that the Lord might not want them to do. And then instead of owning it, typically they're, they'll like kind of hide it. And so I'll see high school students stop showing up to church Yeah, and they'll say like, oh yeah, I'm just really busy. And it's not that they're busy. It's that they feel guilty when they show up to church because when you show up to be around the Lord or you show up around other Christians or you show up and you're hearing scripture, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I feel judged. And it's yeah. not that anyone there is like judging them saying like, you did something wrong. In fact, most people there have no idea what they've done. Right. Um, it's hidden. It's that God sometimes being even close to that light, you're just like, Whoa, you start to feel smaller and smaller. And so people start to run away from that. Yeah. Um, and cause we don't want our deeds exposed. We don't want to feel shame. Yeah. So, I mean, the antidote is verse 21, but yep. whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Now here's the crazy thing about this. And it's the thing that, that I want, you know, everyone listening to really get, yeah. and that is that everyone's done wrong. Mm, yeah. Everyone's made mistakes. Right. But when we take those mistakes and bring them to God, when we do this in the light of God, uh, God will see plainly, you know, everyone will see plainly what has been done uh, and God will see it. And we're bringing it to God in faith. And what is our faith? Our faith is that Jesus uh, will, will be the one who, who pays for that sin, that God yeah. can handle our sin. Yeah. Somehow our sin, you know, a lot of us think God can't handle it. And that's not 
true at all. That's the opposite. Right. Of true, right? Yeah, exactly. God can handle your sin better than anyone. Uh, you know, God can handle your sin better than uh, a lot of people think the devil is some like the chief of sin. Um, mm-hmm. The devil is just disobedient angel. Yeah. And we think like, oh yeah, well, hell will just be a great big party where everyone will be having a great time. Uh, there's nothing in scripture that points to that. Uh, <laughs> everything in scripture, everything in scripture points to the fact that it's going to be terrible and yeah. it's not yeah. something you want to go to. Right. And if you had any option of doing anything else, you would. Um, yeah. And the crazy part of it, like you look at the people of Peter and Judas, Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus. Peter also betrayed Jesus. And what was the difference? Judas tried to give the money back. Uh, He tried to make it right on his own. Um, Peter instead just kind of just gave up and Jesus came to him and he was actually able to be reinstated. Uh, Peter and Judas had two different responses. Um, Mm -hmm. Peter ended up being with Jesus. Judas tried to deal with it on his own. So I guess the word that I want to leave people with is this, is if you feel shame, if you feel guilt, if you feel exposed by your sin, you should bring it to the Lord. Yeah. Don't try to deal with it on your own. Yeah. Don't try to make it right by paying for it. You know, all that stuff is good, but step one is bring it to God. God is so forgiving, so loving, and wants to give mercy. Yeah. Amen to that. Thanks for checking out today's devotional on John chapter three. You will hear from us again on Wednesday. Bye everyone.